The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Citizen, the unofficial The Flash podcast, a poppychularadio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, March 18th, 2020, and I am your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, The Flash. Please welcome my co-hosts, Millie Wood. Hello, Central City. And Jeffrey Aruz. Hey, Central City. Let's jump into our recap of Season 6, Episode 15, which was titled The Exorcism of Nash Wells and aired March 17, 2020. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. The Flash takes on a dangerous new meta named Sunshine. Cisco sets out to help Nash. Well, you can't fault them for giving too much away in the official synopsis. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 6, Episode 15. The episode was viewed by 1.26 million total viewers and had a 0.4 in the demo. Both are highs for this year, so thanks, coronavirus. Uh, what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Jeff, let's start with you. Oh, gosh. Um, you know what? Tom Cavanaugh was really great in the episode. Uh, we got some information that we needed. But overall, it was just an okay episode for me. Uh, Millie, what was your uh, initial reaction? It was also an okay, meh episode for me. Oh, not the um, I think it... Um, guys, is moving things forward, but I still think we're going at a very slow pace, um, considering the point we are in the season. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you, uh, with both of you. I thought it was a really good episode, mainly because of Tam- Tom Cavanaugh. Uh, but also I thought, uh, you know, Barry had a good, uh, arc as well. And, uh, uh, you know, while, you know, some, you know, might use the F word, uh, for this episode, I think because we did get, you know, a big reveal, uh, about Nash and, uh, you know, the fate of the other Wellses. Um, uh, I thought there was a good payoff to that. And, uh, uh, yeah, I agree with Millie that, you know, it does seem that things are moving a little slowly at this point in the season. Uh, but you know, the flash has to conserve his speed. So, you know, let's, uh, let's appreciate that about the episode there. There, you know, it's almost metatextual. Uh, before we get into our thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. 
We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. Uh, the big question last episode was what happened to Camilla after she was blasted with the mirror gun. And we don't actually find out in this episode. Eva just says Camilla is, and I quote, no longer a problem. Uh, but Eva has created a Camilla replica to work with Evil Iris. She sends the two of them to get a piece of tech. Uh, Jeff, what do you think about the relation? What do you think is the relationship between Eva and the doppelgangers? Before, it seemed like Mirror Iris was almost under her control. But in this episode, uh, Mirror Iris and Mirror Camilla seemed you know, quite autonomous, interacting with each other. So what do you think is the nature of, uh, of the relationship? We need an explanation when it comes to this, because I agree with you. It, it looked like uh, Eva like had a better hold on Siri when it was just Siri. Could it be that because we have Amalek now that, you know, maybe she can't control two of them? Or are they um, much like an AI? Like, are they becoming sentient? Like, are they uh, enjoying the option of free will? Uh, I'm hella intrigued by that because I thought they were both going to be sort of like autonomous to her. Like they were just going to do whatever she needs. We saw that in the previous episode where, um, you know, um, Eva was sort of freaking out. And then, then all of a sudden, Siri, you know, was, was freaking out in essence as well. She was panicking. So... There I was like, okay, so she maybe she does have a greater control over her and she's doing everything that she wants her to do. And, and clearly they are doing what Eva wants, but maybe they're enjoying having a life and, and uh, the free will that comes with having a life. And, and they're you know starting to think about their own choices and what they want to do, especially because they are, uh, well more so Siri than Amalek. Siri is developing relationships with these people that, you know, these people that think she's Iris. So is that influencing her a little bit? Yeah, I agree with you that we, we need some resolution to that. I hope we get it soon. Uh, some sort of explanation to what's going on. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, Eva uh, later on in, uh, in our episode, uh, you know, as to uh, exactly what she's up to. But I agree that, you know, they've sort of been, you know, doing the, uh, the slow tease on this, I think, long enough. 
Um, Joe meets with uh, uh, Chief Singh to talk about his fears about a mole in his department. It's a very clandestine meeting, and Singh urges him to be cautious, making the you know entirely reasonable argument that you know uh, Joe has just become captain. You know you don't want to go launching some unfounded uh, accusation uh, about uh, you know the department. Uh, you know when you've just started. Uh, so, um, Millie, is Singh the mole, or is this an elaborate misdirect by the writers? Um, definitely mole. I don't think the writers would do that kind of misdirect. Um, so, and it's fishy because it's like we haven't seen seen him in a while, and for him to pop up, like I think it definitely he's up to something not good. How dare you? Yeah, you, don't, you don't have to be a dermatologist to spot that suspicious mole. How dare you? You know what? I will rep for Singh for a moment because. Over the time that we've known Singh, he's been very much on the up and up. And so, if he is the mole, which I feel like he was moly 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 throughout this entire episode, um, if it is a red herring, then that's good. Uh, I mean, we do have other people that work at the, you know, at, at the CCPD that are, you know, in times in the background and that sort of thing. You know, is it going to be one of the cops that we see on a regular basis? I don't know. But if he is the mole, I'm going to give him a slight out and say that maybe what they're doing with him is maybe his husband has been kidnapped and that's why he's forced to be the mole. It just seems out of character for him to all of a sudden be the mole. Uh, I know that this is a post-crisis world, so maybe he was a little bit more nefarious uh, in this new uh, backstory that he might have in this post-crisis world. But the thing that we've grown to know over the years seemed too principled to just be the mole. I feel like if he is the mole, there's some sort of reason why he's being forced to be the mole, even though he was hella moly in this episode. Holy yeah, moly. that's the only reason I think he, he might not be the mole, is it was so obvious that he was the mole that it makes me wonder whether this uh, this could be a misdirect and 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 i do like singh's character in the past he's been very sympathetic and we were reminded in this episode that he actually knows about very secret identity so mm -hmm. if the mole knows that that could be a real problem holy moly uh Moly moly. Uh, we quickly revisit the idea of Barry losing his power. Caitlin gives him a watch to monitor his speed force usage. Uh, Barry never looks at the watch once, but it does give us in the audience, uh, you know, a color code indicator of how he's doing. Uh, Team Flash talks to Nash in the pipeline, and we discover two things. First, uh, Nash has the brainwaves of all the wells in his head, which explains the phantoms he's been seeing. And second, Team Flash is stupid because Thawn played them for patsies. Uh, so uh, I'll open this up to both of you. I'll start with Jeff. Uh, what do you think about the scene, uh, Barry? threatening to thawn thawn with the old vibrating hand and caitlin uh basically stepping up to tell barry to stand down team flash is stupid we have seen that before though so this is not a new development oh yeah that's canon yes yeah. it is canon uh it's, it's it's a sad bit of canon but it is the the way that the flash writers sort of created their own thing with wells i thought was interesting um I do kind of hate that they're doing their own thing versus what we've seen on other shows, although it feels like what we've seen on other shows kind of contradicts kind of con kind of contradicts each other. So that kind of bugs me. Like I, I just I hate that all these writers, when they were, I would assume, together in a large writing room in a coronaless time, when they can all be they don't have to social distance with each other, they can all be together in a room talking. 
and they set up crisis but they didn't really think of like the ramifications together and like how it would affect each show and to make sure that if you're dealing with a doppelganger in this show in this way you have to deal with it the same way in the other shows that does bug me it is a clever out that they wrote themselves with the wells so i will give them a pass on that as far as barry trying to thon thon um I kind of liked it, and I there's a part of me... Well, we need to keep Tom Cavanaugh alive as an actor, so there's a part of me that wished that he had done it. Um, Dan, you, Caitlin, and, and your, you know, uh, shots of just your face. Um, it just... Oh, it, it, that uh, there's a part of me that really wanted him to do it and i feel like after all these years he's very justified in doing it um hell this seems to be the week when um, characters are like killing people on yeah um, batwoman got her first kill I know. you know what i'm saying like this seems to be the week where you know the the showrunners are like fuck it let's you know have our leads uh, either murder or attempted murder people um, I, I do feel like Barry is justified, uh, but we do need to keep Tom Cavanaugh alive, and I feel like if he would have done that, then farewell to Nash and everyone else. And we already had another farewell on on a different day or over show, so let's let's keep uh, Tom Cavanaugh uh, receiving that paycheck. Uh, Millie, what did you think about that scene? I agree. I wish <clears throat> I, I think it would have been interesting to see if Barry actually went through with it. I also love how it's, Barry, don't use your speed. And what does he do? He goes and uses his speed willy-nilly. But, I mean, that is part of the Barry Allen canon. Like, Barry Allen does not really think. (laughs) Well, and I I wonder if, in that sense, it's also, like, and maybe it is as a character, the speed's become his crutch. Like, that's his first thing. Um, but that can also be explored later. But I, I liked it. Um, I thought that was interesting. I love the giant tablet in front of uh, Caitlin's stomach. <laughs> Gee, that was not obvious. Uh, but, yeah, it was overall, I think, an interesting point uh, for a character that's been a little bit, you know, it hasn't much been going on for Nash. To get Nash back, they have to get rid of Thawne, which is basically an exorcism. Uh, fortunately, former DA Cecile Horton is ready with holy water, a wooden stake, garlic, salt, and uh, what I will call Chekhov's Ouija board. Uh, Millie, what did you think about how Cecile was used in this scene and in the episode as a whole? We haven't had a lot of, uh, of Cecile lately, it seems to me. We haven't, and I think that is very unfortunate. Um, I feel like when she is there, she brings a really great, um, more comedic bit to it and she did that in this scene as well the fact that she's already for an exorcist i think is awesome um and very on point and the fact that she's kind of the connection as they do this exorcism to nash i thought was a good use of her powers and of her as a character um so i hope we can get back into seeing more of her um because i think she does a fabulous job every time she's on screen uh, we get a flashback to Nash meeting Maya, who is his version of Allegra. We'd uh, already known that he had uh, seen a, a doppelganger of Allegra, which explained, you know, his uh, awkwardness around our Allegra. Uh, the main focus of the episode was showing us Nash's backstory. Uh, Jeff, what do you think about his meeting with uh, Maya? 
I thought it was effective. Uh, like, I had a lot of questions about who Allegra's doppelganger was and, and what their relationship was. Initially, I think we all surmised that it would be a, a parental type of relationship, a father and daughter. And then, you know, when he sort of awkward and kind of cringily said, you know, not, not my daughter, you know, sort of, you know, daughter, you know, a couple episodes ago, I was like, okay, so it seems like they might not be related related. But there was still this parental role. And having her be, you know, sort of like, um, I don't know how you describe mentor, mentee, protege type of thing with him was really interesting. And uh, I'm glad they didn't go sort of like the, the obvious route where they would be more connected. Um, I, I like that. They, I like the way that they met and how he took her under his wing. And... Um, well, I guess I should leave it at that because uh, you haven't asked about anything else. So uh, I did enjoy what we saw. Uh, Millie, our meta of the week is Sunshine, who can manipulate sunlight. What did you think about her as a, a meta of the week? I thought she was a little too convenient. I don't know. Her power seemed like more there for plot, and she was able to like poof and vanish. Um, but the concept of manipulating light seemed really cool. Um, but she wasn't a meh villain, I think. She got the job done. I do like how they used Killer Frost to um, combat her, but overall she was okay. Also the fact that she has the same name as me. I don't know how I feel about that. Oh my god. May I make two points? Okay, Sunshine. Uh, You may. Thank you. Okay, the first thing that I want to make is, uh, the first point is uh, I'm really glad that they dealt with the villain and we still had 20 minutes like left of episode like i was really surprised by how they dealt with the meta of the week i feel like they like never do this but but the episode was really jam-packed and and the a plot was the uh, the well stuff so that that makes sense why they did it that way um well, actually i think i'll make three points uh number two i thought the way that they handled her was uh, really well done um, and and very unique, like how they thwarted her. And the third point that I want to make is Black Hole. I don't know if y'all have have sort of put this together like I have, but Black Hole seems to have a collection of light-oriented metas. And that's really interesting. I don't know what it means, uh, you know, light and mirrors and that sort of thing maybe, but uh, with this one, I was like, they have a lot of light-oriented villains. They have Dr. Light, they have Ultraviolet, and Sunshine. That's hella interesting to me. Yeah, I think uh, I think that can't be a coincidence, you know, uh, you know, given, you know, the uh, the relationship between, you know, Black Hole and uh, uh, and Eva. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll get some sort of, uh, payoff, uh, to that down the line. Uh, but I do want to talk a, a little bit more about, uh, Eva later. Uh, before we get there, let's, uh, talk about, uh, Joe. Uh, Joe still doesn't suspect Mirror Iris, but he does have, you know, uh, you know, a couple of times in the episode where he's really questioning her. Uh, she doesn't seem to be treating Barry the way Iris normally would. And, and Joe is sort of, you know, prompting her to, you know, you know, be with your husband, do this. Whereas, you know, Iris seems to be focusing on, Hey, Get the MacGuffin. Um, any thoughts on that scene? And uh, do you think Joe suspects anything yet? Uh, Wally did warn him last episode that something wasn't right with Iris. Uh, Joe's a good detective, and, you know, Iris, Mirror Iris, did give him a couple of reasons to to doubt her in this episode. So, uh, Jeff, do you think uh, Joe suspects anything? 
I think so, and I feel like how Jesse L. Martin is playing it is he's playing it like a detective. Like, he's not going to show his cards early, even if it is his daughter. And he got the warning, and I feel like this was his episode to, in essence, um, like, start gathering the evidence. And he noticed, you know, a couple things off with with Iris, a.k.a. Siri, in this episode, and uh, I think he's going to be, unfortunately, the one of the series regulars that, that he's going to be the one that will start putting it together. Uh, it's a shame that Barry isn't, but I know he's busy with other stuff. But I just, I hate that the writers had Iris figure out in like 30 seconds that that was not her husband, that it was Bloodworks influence. And all these characters are freaking blind to the fact that Siri is not Iris. Well, they were fooled by Thawne, too. So they're, they're obviously, you know, Morons. not good at uh, uh, doing that. So I, I think that's established canon as well. Yeah. Um, even though uh, I, Mirror Iris uh, is not our Iris, she does get Barry some pretty good advice. Uh, though I did find it a little interesting. It had sort of an anti-meta tinge. Uh, she argues that all the meta has had their limits, but Barry doesn't if he's just himself, which leads to Barry setting up a plan to take down Sunshine. Um uh, Millie, how did you like uh, that bit of advice, and how did you like how it played out? Uh, how we were presented with, um, uh, you know, uh, Barry's plan. We didn't realize it was the plan until it was over, uh, just like Sunshine didn't. So, uh, how did you like how that played out? And do you agree with Jeff that it was you know, sort of refreshing to have the meta dealt with when there's still 20 minutes left in the episode? It was. Um, it's interesting, like just said, it was the B storyline, so it allowed um, all the other kind of resolutions to happen. Um, I like. That I feel like it's with since we had fake Iris, um, we haven't had as many of her pep talks to Barry. So I was like, oh, I feel like this is very most like Iris um, since she's been replaced um, on that. And I do think it is interesting that it is more along the lines of her former, I guess, talk with him about uh, not really needing the powers and the burden that being the Flash has actually been on him. I wonder if because she's being manipulated by Eve if there's like an alternative kind of motive behind that um but I also think there's some truth that Barry has been grappling um with that and I think uh him coming up with the plan was very reminded me of like season one flash when they were um he's a little more quick to pick up some plans and things like that um and I kind of like how that all played out um and that was nicely wrapped up uh, thanks to, you know, the success of his plan, Barry realizes he doesn't need speed to be helpful, so he, Cisco, and Cecile go into Nash's mind to help him fight free of Thawne. Uh, Jeff, what do you think about the confrontation between Barry and Thawne when Thawne specifically invoked Nora and, uh, you know, reminded Barry that it was he, Thawne, who, uh, essentially taught Nora how to use her speed when Barry was, you know, basically trying to persuade her to, to not use her powers? I thought it was a really intense moment, and I think this episode allowed us to remember that Barry is should still be grieving Nora, and we we don't really get a lot of that from Barry or or Iris. Uh, you know, we get moments here and there. Uh, and I think Iris had a lot more of that at the start of the season. And Barry, you know, on occasion, we'll see him exhibiting, you know, some sort of grief at the loss of, of Nora. But I, I thought this was, um, this was a good reminder for us that he's still grieving. 
and clearly it sets something up a little bit later on. So in a weird sort of way, Thawne ends up helping Barry when clearly he what he's trying to do is um is is uh, um uh what's the proper term um sort of manipulate him with his grief and and, and to um uh um what's the proper term um I can't think of it uh whatever uh well i can't think of it but anyway he's trying to manipulate him with his grief and 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 to, to sort of um you know rub it in his face and uh I, I it was a really it was a great moment for both of them i mean tom Cavanaugh is always great as eobard uh thon even though um i mean in essence he kind of does the same thing every episode that he's in it's really all about him you know trying to tear uh, barry apart and usually by the end of it he always makes barry stronger so uh, that's what i was expecting after this conversation well speaking of tom cavanaugh we got uh, you know to see tom cavanaugh playing thon we also got uh, to see tom cavanaugh uh, playing Nash Wells uh, as he's facing his memory of Maya's death. So, you know, it was kind of an interesting uh, way to play that out because we have, you know, Tom Cavanaugh playing uh, Nash from a year ago, uh, you know, in the moment. And we have uh, Tom Cavanaugh playing Nash now, watching it and and reacting to that. Uh, so, Millie, how would you like how that scene played out? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good way to show kind of how he was affected um, by this whole incident, like losing Maya. Um, and of course, Tom Cavanaugh killed it as he does um, every time. And I, it was different. And I think and it, it allows them to use him more than they have. So I always enjoy that. Uh, because he was able to face his fears, Nash is saved from Thawne. But it turns out he still has the infinite wells tied into his brain, which means we could still see some cameos from our favorite or less favorite wells. Uh, Jeff, what do you think about the decision to leave him connected with what I'm calling the wells force? Uh, and how would you like Cisco's uh, pep talk with Nash, persuading him to try again with Allegra? It was good. You know, if they're going to figure out a way to do it, and, and if they're going to give us an excuse to see Tom Cavanaugh play some of our beloved Wells and maybe less beloved Wells, I am here for it. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with, uh, with the uh, MacGuffin that they created to allow that to happen. Uh, I'm glad that they... they they did uh, keep them because, uh, you know, the Wells is... is have been an infinite resource for our team. And they usually do come up with a really neat plan to stop and thwart whomever for whatever. Um, you know, whether it's someone with the brilliant intellect of like a Harry to even, you know, the, the nuttiness that is Sherlock or even, well, HR died. So HR is not in that mix, but you know what I'm saying. Like from the brilliant to the not so brilliant, they always seem to like give their little two cents in, in uh, thwarting the big bad. So I'm glad that they have that resource. I thought the pep talk was really nice because clearly this Cisco hasn't warmed up to Nash and the fact that he was cognizant of that and that he referenced that there were other Wellses that um, he didn't warm up to, but by the end they had formed some sort of relationship. Uh, I thought giving him, giving him being Nash that information as a means to uh, tell Nash to not give up on Allegra was really good. And, and the fact that Allegra does seem to have some sort of... Uh, 
characteristic qualities to uh, to um, to Maya was it's something that we learned in previous episodes. So uh, you know, I, I feel like he's going to know how to handle her and how to win her over, in essence. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, having uh, Cisco, uh, you know, basically make the argument that, you know, he's gotten off on the wrong foot with pretty much every Wells uh, that he's ever met and, you know, giving people a second chance uh, and, you know, trying to build uh, the relationship rather than, you know, just jump into it uh, makes a lot of sense. And and I do like the fact that, you know, uh, Nash is going to stick around, you know, partially because it does mean we have access to the other Wellses out there. Could Wizard Wells be coming soon? Who knows? One could hope. Um uh, original team Flash, Barry, Cisco, and Caitlin meet to discuss building the new Speed Force. Uh, Barry tells them they'll do it thanks to Nora's notebook. And unlike Thawne's anti-Speed Force, uh, you know this one will not be powered by you know hate, loss, and, and despair. Uh, and remember, you know Barry was the paragon of love in the crisis. So, Millie, how do you think the uh, the new Speed Force will play out? I still feel like it's a bad idea to create your own Speed Force. So I, I don't think it will play out well for. Uh, Team Flash, and then also I think it would be interesting to see what if Nora's journal reveals even more than just how to make a Speed Force. Um, I'm wondering if they're trying to open back up that whole um, storyline that we dealt with last season. Uh, so hopefully there's no like casualties in the mix, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think this is going to go or end well for everybody. I'm yeah, my opposite. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Oh no, I was supposed to say I'm the opposite of that. Like I, like maybe it's a bad idea for you, Millie, to create a speed force, but I think I don't know. I feel like this is going to work out well. I mean, clearly the Flash needs his powers, and the speed force is dead. Um, like Caramel is dead. So, uh, like the fact that he has to create his own speed force, I feel like that is comic book canon-ish, maybe. Um, so I am fine with it, and if it's a speed force of love, then, uh, I don't know if we're gonna have any problems with that. Uh, my question is, is, like, will Wally be allowed in the speed force? Like, is it like a vampire type of thing, where he has to be invited into the speed force, or will he be able just to harness it? Like, like, we do have Wally out there, um, and, uh, that's the one that I would be most... Like, I would have a question about that. Like, can Wally access the Speed Force? Because he is a speedster, too. Yeah, it's a good question. And uh, my hope is that, uh, you know, maybe they'll build, uh, you know, their own Speed Force, you know, as a, a short-term thing. But I'm hoping by the end of the season they get the original Speed Force back. They find a way to uh, uh, to restore it and recreate it. Simply because it is an important part of the mythos. And that's something that Wally was talking about last episode. You know, it, it transcends through time and space. It's an eternal thing. And uh, and I do think it's it's kind of important to the Flash mythos uh, to restore it, even though, you know, the original Silver Age Flash, uh, you know, it wasn't until after Barry died that the, the concept of the Speed Force was actually uh, mooted. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think they'll they'll create something. Um, uh, I'm curious to see how it plays out. Uh, you know, it, it's also kind of interesting that, you know, uh, you know, Thawne seems to draw strength from, you know, people's, uh, you know, negative energies. And, and, you know, and even when Nora was using the negative speed force uh, last season, she had to, you know, tap into her darkness in order to do that. So Will Barry has to t- tap into, you know, his his positive feelings in order to do that. Uh, which has to be one of my favorite little uh, Flash stories. It was a, um, a Secret Origins episode from many, many years ago in which it was suggested that uh, the Wally West Flash had a limitation built in uh, into how he could access his speed, which is that, you know, 
uh, as he started to doubt himself and have negative feelings, he would find it harder and harder to uh, to use his powers, um, which I thought was you know kind of an interesting element, you know, given the uh, you know the the idea of you know uh, Barry as this uh, sort of beacon of positivity. I don't know if they're going to go that route, but uh, I think it might be interesting. May I ask you a question? Um, go ahead. Is there a comic book story where the uh, the Speed Force is reborn? <laughs> Not that I'm familiar with, um, but again, the uh, the Speed Force itself, uh, as I said, was something that came along, you know, uh, after, uh, you know, Crisis and after Barry was dead for, you know, years and years and years. Uh, it, you know, it was never part of the original, you know, the Flash was just Flash because he ran really fast and, you know, could vibrate his molecules and stuff. So the whole concept of the Speed Force was something that was uh, was brought in later. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. In, in fact, I don't even know if in the comic books, whether Thawne has a negative speed force, uh, or whether he just uses the speed force himself. Well, we do know that Godspeed is coming back later this season. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, whether that's, uh, tied into, you know, his, his quest for a new speed force or not, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions to be answered about that, but I agree with you that, you know, uh, the show is called the flash, you know, he's, he's got to get his speed back somehow. And as we found out, you know, in this episode, he can't just, you know, shoot himself full of velocity nine. That's not going to work. So, you know, I think it's something is going to have to happen that they're going to have to create something like that. Yeah. We don't um, need Barry Allen, the junkie. Yeah, no, that would be yeah problematic. If, and I think, you know, from the point of view of, uh, of the TV show as well, you can't have a hero, you know, shooting himself up before every battle. I think that's, uh, you know, a bad message to send to the kids. Um, at the end of the episode, fake Camilla and Iris deliver the tech to Eva. We've uh, talked about Eva's role uh, previously. So what are we all thinking? Uh, is she a big bad? Is she a medium bad? Uh, is she just misunderstood? Uh, and, you know, she did say to, uh, to, uh, fake Camilla and, uh, mirror Iris, as long as we stick to my plan, success is assured. Uh, what do you think she means by success, Millie? I feel like success, I mean, the obvious one is her escaping from the mirror, but I think that that refractor has, I think there's a, I think she's a big bad. I think the refractor plays a part in her larger term success. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure how, though. Um, especially because we have the other storyline with Carver and are those two going to merge together? Um, but I do, she's just, there's something fishy about her. Um, and I don't think she's, uh, just trying to be free from the mirror. Um, and I also, and I don't know if it's just again to show that she controls like mirror Iris and mirror Camilla, but she always like, as she say, it has an itch on her arm. And it's like, this is like the second or third time that she's done it. I just don't know if it's again to show that she's not all there or if it's like something um that shows you know that that's part of her plan or something like that hmm oh gosh i'm still gonna go with what i've said from the beginning because this is what i would like i would like for her not to necessarily be a big bad clearly her plan i think is liberation like she wants to free herself from the mirror I feel like she wants to get revenge on Carver based off of um, how, in essence, he got over her. Maybe sooner than she would like. Um, maybe the whole black hole thing happened post her being trapped in the mirror. So maybe she wants to take them down. Or maybe she doesn't. Uh, and maybe she just wants, you know, revenge on her husband. Um, I, I do find it kind of interesting and suspicious 
that Eva doesn't have an Ava out there. It, no, Ave? Yeah, it, an Ave out there. She doesn't have a mirror version of herself. Does that mean something? Does Carver have the mirror version trapped or, or something? To does she does he use the mirror version to keep tabs on Eva to make sure she hasn't escaped from the mirror uh, verse? Um, I don't know. I just because we already had a villainous mirror mirror uh, master, yeah, music meister mirror master, a villainous mirror master. I hope that she isn't fully villainous. Like, I like her in the gray areas, and uh, I think they're they're still doing that, because we really don't know what she's doing, why she's doing it, and, and that sort of thing. So, the fact that she said to Siri and Alamac that, you know, she has this plan, I, I think she wants to free herself from the mirror, but what happens to Siri? and Alamac, and what happens to Iris and Camilla. I think Camilla is in the mirror. Uh, they just haven't found her um, yet, or she hasn't found Iris yet. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it means. And for some reason, I'm actually kind of cool with it. I know that we've discussed with other storylines, like I wish up this would rush a little bit. I wish that they would speed this thing up and that other thing. I actually like the slow drip and drab of this, and I know a lot of people online seem to, well, he's not here, but uh, Dimitri and other people online seem to really have an issue with Iris still being in the mirror, but I don't mind it. Like, I I actually like how, like, the slow burn that we're getting with this, and um, and, and that's strange, because I feel like I would be the type of person to be like, let's speed this up a little bit, but for some reason I'm kind of cool with it. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I don't mind the fact that it's been a, uh, uh, a slow burn uh, that, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, we haven't, you know, exactly found out, uh, you know, uh, what her deal is. Uh, and there was, you know, uh, just a little throwaway line in this episode, you know, sort of reminding her of her, uh, you know, resentment towards her husband, you know, uh, basically, you know, the idea that, you know, he was more interested in uh, in her tech than in, in looking for her. Uh, so I do think that, you know, uh, part of her plan is to get free, but also to get revenge on her husband. And given that her husband, you know, if her husband is, you know, the head of Black Hole, then, you know, you could have a situation where, you know, uh, Eva could become, you know, a, uh, a uh, you know, a valuable ally to them, especially if they're going up against, as you say, a bunch of, you know, light-based villains. You know, what better than a mirror uh, on your side? Um, uh, before we move on to the MVP section, was there anything else from the episode anyone wanted to mention? I do like that they, um, well, two things. I do like that they addressed, because I feel like a lot of us sort of, even though I'm not the person that does this, a lot of people really do associate um, Eobard as a Wells. I'm glad that they addressed in the episode that he is not a Wells. So they were kind of confused as to why things were happening. And I also like that, um, in essence... They didn't really get rid of Eobard, his, um, I don't know, what did they call it? His particles, his tachyons? Basically, yeah, his, his anti-tachyons or his, his energy was dispersed. Not it, yeah, so it's dispersed out there. So in essence, if he finds a suitable host, he could come back. 
which that might be kind of interesting. I hope it isn't anytime soon, just because I feel like we've had our fill of Eobard this season. But maybe next season, you know, he'll find a suitable speedster or something, and he can possess them and, uh, you know, morph their face into his face and come back. Although they could be saying it up that, you know, if Thawne does come back, maybe this is, you know, uh, that it will no longer be Tom Cavanaugh playing it. You know, if he did possess someone else, uh, there's really no reason to to morph his face into this because, you know, Thawne has had other faces. Um, uh, it's uh, and, and that would you know sort of get around the uh, uh, the problem that I think you mentioned last episode, which is, you know, that Thawne is not a Wells. You know, uh, why was he doing this? And I, I think they sort of, you know, did a hand waving. You know, he just possessed someone. And so yeah. you know, the argument would be that because Nash was, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, in such pain and, and doubting himself and, and feeling such doubt, it uh, it made him vulnerable to the takeover. Mm-hmm. True. Uh, okay, so state which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. Uh, Millie, who is your MVP and why? Um, I think I have to go for the clear, obvious choice of Nash and, uh, yeah, Nash and all the, uh, basically Tom Cavanaugh, uh, we finally get backstory for him, and of course he does really well, especially the scene where he has to play opposite of himself, um, and really kind of, I think, finally gave us some emotion to a character that I know some people have had feelings to for most of the season. Uh, Jeff, uh, Millie has chosen Nash, which longtime listeners of the podcast will realize has left you with an opening. I know, but I'm going to leave it to you, because I'm going to give it to Siri. I'm just really enjoying Candace Patton in this dual role. And in this episode, we got a lot of Siri, and uh, I feel like they're setting... This This is the episode where they're setting something up with her. And uh, I don't know what that is yet. I did see the promo, so there was a look that... I, that there was a glance in the promo that that is kind of influencing me a little bit and made me really rethink this entire episode. But I think if something ends up happening with Siri, this is the episode that planted that seed. And uh, I, I thought Candace did a really good job with it. Her interactions with, uh, with Eva, with um, Alamac... And and then that pep talk with Barry, which was not really fully an Iris pep talk, but it was like Siri trying to do her best Iris impression. So it wasn't necessarily the best advice, but Barry sort of took, you know, the better elements of it and ran with it. And it ended up becoming good advice for Barry. But Candace Patton is just doing a really good job with this. And, and so I, I have to give her... Uh, kudos, and that does open up for your homie to be uh, your MVP, Professor. Since uh, Camilla, uh, Camilla, oh good lord, since uh, Millie uh, ended up uh, giving you an out. Yes, if there was a, a mirror version, uh, you know that uh, you know it could be Camilli. Um, Camilli, but uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to choose. Um, Oh. Uh, Thawne, even though you uh, suspect I'm going to. I'm going to choose Barry. Uh, you know, I like the fact that Barry was able to realize that he's more than his uh, his speed power. Uh, the fact that he did come up with a, a cunning trap to uh, to catch sunlight. Uh, and also the way he was able to uh, to face down Thawne. 
and uh, you know, uh, and you know, basically control his emotions because you know, uh, Barry has had some control issues in the past, and you know, it's it's a good sign of maturity uh, that he's uh, going through this. So uh, yeah, I uh, I liked that, and uh, you know, even if we don't have uh, Barry running around super fast, and it seems like in the next episode uh, we won't, uh, you know, it, it's good to see that that Barry is realizing that he can make a contribution. Uh, even though when, you know, Iris said to him, after all, you were given the, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, that, you know, hero award, which is basically, you know, his father-in-law giving it to him. Come on. That was, that was total bullshit. Move. Nepotism. But anyway, yeah, total nepotism. Uh, so, okay. How would we rate this episode on a scale of one to 10 lightning bolts? The point system is allowed. And if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may archive the episode in the flash museum. Jeff, what is your rating? Yes. Millie, not Camille. Girl, you know, is true. Sorry, um, I just thought of that with the Millie Camille thing. Uh, okay, uh, hopefully you understood that reference, Millie. I'll take nope. that as a no. Oh, okay. Oh, that's so sad. Um, okay, I'll, I'm just gonna rip the bandaid off. I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I, I thought it was an okay episode. Um, I'm not gonna use the F word. Millie might. Uh, Camille might not. If Dimitri were here, he'd use it. Um, but it, it was an episode that did advance the plot. Um, the villain, even though it was a neat way to get rid of or to thwart the villain, in essence, um, it was still a little too meh for me. Um, the fact that uh, you know just the, the what the hand waving and and the the, the way that they created um, Eobard's return. Um, even though it was interesting, was still a little meh for me. Uh, I, I thought Tom did a really great job. I thought the Nash uh, character development was really good. And uh, if we're going to talk about stuff that was a slow drip and a slow burn, this was something that should have been sped up. Um, like, I just still don't understand why Nash hasn't gone up to Allegra and been like, hey, this is the deal. I'm not a creep. I, I really was trying to support you, but it's also because, you know, you remind me of a girl that I once new so uh the the eva stuff was really fascinating the mirror people were good uh but overall it was just sort of an okay episode and an okay for me means about a 7.5 uh millie what is your rating i to give it a 7.1 lightning bolts um in the meh category as jeffrey and i think that um it moved along the plot uh in ways that needed to happen, but I felt like it could have done it in more imaginative ways. Um, and I think that if it was right and it plays into the bigger picture, especially with Iris, um, I might change my mind on how I feel about this, but at the moment, a 7.1. Uh, I'm going to come in a little higher than both of you. I'm going to give it an 8.5, uh, simply because I think, you know, Tom Cavanaugh was so good, uh, both as Thawne and as Nash. Uh, you know, it was uh, a real tour de force for him. And, uh, you know, uh, when you give Tom Cavanaugh the ball, he's going to run with it. And I think he did uh, a really good job in this episode. So join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Citizen. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Central City Citizen. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting Go. 
fundme.com slash radio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Millie? Good night, listeners. If you want to follow along with me, I'm on Twitter as at the Asian Nerd. And Jeff? Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of The Central City Citizen every Thursday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Quick programming note, there is no new episode of Flash for the next couple of weeks. Flash will return on April 7th with an episode titled So Long and Good Night. And good night. Girl, you know is true. Ooh, ooh, ooh.